0: and as always we'd like to thank our partners firebird rising and the beautiful game network bgn you can go to their websites to see more of their content at firebirdrising.coreair that's k-o-r-r-a-i-r.com or at bgn.fm and let's get to the show Of the Rising is One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with Jeff Wendt and Matt Trainer, and we're all together this time.
1: Finally back together. Yeah. It's been a, been a few weeks since we've all uh, met, met up together to do the podcast, so it should be nice and uh, hopefully a lot smoother without uh, connection issues on Google Hangout.
2: Yeah, wonderful to be back together again. It's a joy to always sit with these two gentlemen in the same room and, and have fun talking about uh, Phoenix Rising and uh, soccer in general. So. And there's
0: always stuff to talk about, especially after this week's really close match with Real
2: Monarchs. So take it away. Moving to this uh, match with uh, Real Monarchs. Obviously, uh, a little bit of change in formation this week. They went to a 4-4-2 diamond formation with uh, Vasquez up into the midfield, uh, taking the spot on the left-hand side with uh, Sean Wright Phillips on the right, uh, Watson up top. Uh, Miguel Tim kind of hanging back as the defensive mid, and then uh, Didier Drogba and uh, Omar Bravo up top. It uh, seemed to work kind of early. Uh, third minute, Drogba gets a ball, uh, tries to feed it right through Sean Wright Phillips, just misses just off just a little bit, uh, but, but a good early run to see from Drogba and from Sean Wright Phillips. Um, then in the eighth minute, uh, Watson got a nice cross into uh, Vasquez, who had made who had made a deep run, uh, headed right into right into the goalkeeper. Uh, but then that leads us to the first real big moment of the match, where uh, Real Monarchs gets right on the board first. And as it, we were reminded up in the press box, it now makes it 22 games in which we have not recorded a clean sheet. Uh, nice, great, great ball from Phillips. Crossing it to Haber, uh, who beat uh, Rob Ramage. I'm sorry, Peter Ramage, uh, near post. Uh, Cohen had no chance. One nothing RSL right away. Then uh, we get into the 23rd minute. Drogba had a nice free kick from about 35 yards out, knuckled on the goalkeeper. He saved it away. Cody Wakasa sitting right there on the doorstep. Unfortunately, skies it a little bit over the top. Decent chance. Unfortunately, it goes by the wayside. Interesting moment to note in the 27th. Bravo gets called on the offside call. Right away, referee pulls a yellow card for descent. Interesting point, boys. This is now Bravo's fourth caution of the season. Next caution will cost him a one-game suspension going forward. So he's really got to be careful as he looks forward in these next few games. Uh, we get into later portions of the first half. Uh, nice little cheeky touch by Drogba in the 36th minute, right outside the penalty box. Tries to put a shot on goal, but Sparrow makes the easy save. Uh, another shot in the, uh, another in the 39th, Sean Wright Phillips with the corner kick gets it right onto the head of Didier Drogba, who gets it into the keeper area. Looks like it's cleared off the line. Ends up hitting Bravo. Unfortunately, he can't make anything of it. Uh, a couple minutes later, RSL makes a, makes a run on the backside. Velasquez makes a nice run, shoots from about 25 yards out. Cohen makes a nice, beautiful diving save to knock it out. And then we get to the end of the first half and the greatest play of the, of the first half. Matt Watson starts the play out on the wide right-hand side. Gets the ball into Drogba. Drogba gets it back to Watson on a one-two touch. He finds Omar Bravo right in the front of the net. Puts it right home, first USL goal of the season, 1-1, and we head into the half. Dominic, what did you think about what you saw in the first half?
0: Yeah, so a few things. Um, As far as the Monarchs' first goal is concerned, uh, the first goal of the game, really, even though Daniel Haber puts it in from close range, you have to give all the credit in the world to DeMar Phillips on that ball. He puts the ball in from about 30 yards out, and this is really like an international quality or an MLS quality ball. Really not a ball that you see in the USL too often. Absolutely on a platter for Daniel Haber. And unfortunately, Peter Ramage can't quite mark his man stride for stride. Uh, I think it just kind of caught everyone off guard how good of a play that was and how easy it was to finish. Uh, But then Rising responded. Uh, You mentioned the Wakasa chance in the 23rd. There have been several times he's had those kind of rebound chances. And he hasn't put one in the net. I really hope for his confidence that he does get one of those in the net soon because there's something to be said about getting in the right place every time and he should be commended for that. As easy as it is to pile on him for occasional defensive lapses and you know inability to finish, it does say something that he's always getting these chances and just it would be nice to see him put one in. And then on the goal itself you know this is another example of how our um, build-up play has really improved from the early weeks in this season. Uh, you know, Watson getting involved up on the right side, Drago with the great back heel, and thank goodness that Bravo finally gets on the board, that it's not a dumb own goal or something. He finally gets his name on the score sheet, and deservedly so, because he's had so many great chances all season, and, you know, it almost seems like he had Hex or something against him, but finally he breaks through and I'm sure that Matt, you want to talk about that. Yeah,
1: definitely, uh, as you guys probably are aware of, Bravo fan, um, so it was awesome to finally see him get his first goal in the USL regular season. Uh, we were just watching the highlight video before we started the podcast and his reaction was uh, pretty awesome. I mean, it was almost, it took him a second to realize that he actually scored that goal. He kind of didn't know what to do and then he just, you could just see the pure excitement was some beautiful passing between the teammates there. Um, Watson to Drago, back to Watson, and he put, I mean, puts it right there for Bravo. There's no way he could miss that one. He's had a rough few weeks to get started. Some criticism, people wondering why he's in the starting lineup. You know, it's finally nice to see that happen. And overall, throughout the whole evening, I saw he seemed like he had a lot of hustle and he was trying to create a lot of plays. Um, His level of play in the past few weeks has greatly increase, I think, and, you know, part of that, I believe, is Drogba has helped out, you know, creating these uh, chances and just getting the ball to him where he needs it to be, so those are my thoughts. Definitely, and I think
0: one last thing before we get to the second half, we really needed Omar Bravo's spark last night because the temperatures were insane. It was 105 degrees at kickoff, I think it stayed above 100 for the entire match, and Drogba very much struggled with that. Um, especially in the second half. You could see he just didn't have his same usual energy. He wasn't getting in in those goal-scoring positions that he has gotten in the past two weeks. And so we really needed someone else to step up and make a play for us. And Bravo did step up last night. He was hustling. He was pressing the ball, getting in front of goal. And thankfully, he makes a great run to get ahead of his marker and tap in there. So I think we can all say that it's really nice to see that.
2: Yeah. You know, one of the other things we talk about too is we've seen that the response now two weeks in a row coming off of an early goal, and I think that is enlightening to see because when you look at it, nine times out of ten these guys are folding up, not you know not feeling good about themselves after giving up an early goal, but to see the response week after week after week now, you know we we can go back to Swope down one nothing early they make. You know, they make the changes they need to make at halftime, Mm -hmm. come out and get the early goal in the second half, 1 1. You're down 2 1 again, but yet the response is still there. They're not giving up. Same thing happens again last night. Early goal given up, but they didn't give up on themselves. They didn't quit. They didn't stop. They pushed forward and made you know made, still were able to get that goal to get get to one one turn.
1: Yeah, that definitely uh, you know Bravo scoring right before the the end of that first half was huge because it changed the strategy and the atmosphere alone. I could tell change you know kind of started off being down one nothing and kind of start to wonder how's this going to pan out. You know at least that's how I was thinking and then before that half he got that goal and that put a lot of energy up in the, the players and the the fans and the stands and everything, you know? And it's it's been a recurring theme,
0: too. I mean, you would prefer to not give up a goal in the first 20 minutes. I mean, even I'm thinking of a game last month against Los Stos Away. We go down 1-0 pretty early on, but we come back, get a goal before halftime, get the win in the second half. Um, while you'd like to actually get a first half clean sheet, to see the response that these guys always have and to see them trying, never giving up, Even when they lose, like against Oklahoma City, they got two goals in a losing effort. Um, It's just really heartening to see, and that's, you know, it can be very tough to follow a team when they're giving up on you a lot. So at least they're always giving that effort every week, and I think we all very much appreciate it.
2: So we'll get into the second half of of the game, and things got. Got slow there for a while. I mean, it was a very lackluster first 15 minutes of the second half, not a whole lot of movement either direction. Uh, We get into the the next portion of that second half, and right off the bat, uh, Real Monarchs get a couple of good runs. Uh, 61st minute, they get a run from, from Huber again, who gets a nice run on Stewart, gets a good shot on goal, just misses low to the to the left-hand side of Josh Cohen, and thankfully it it just skidded across the the face of the net. Uh, A couple of minutes later, Velasquez gets a shot attempt, but it goes over the top. So, you know, things are starting to kind of break down a little bit for Phoenix Rising, but hung in there. Get into the 66, there was a a chance by Bravo, gets down near the goal line, uh, tries to get across to Ocaso. Ocaso just didn't quite get there quick enough. Uh, to, to try to finish it on the backside uh, In the 70th minute, Brody makes a good run on a couple of Phoenix rising defenders. And his shot is saved by Cohen right in, right into him. We get into the 82nd minute. We interject Jason Johnson into the game. I was hoping to see a little bit more from Jason Johnson. To, you know, granted, he only got a 10-minute run, but I, I was hoping to see a little bit more of a Positive play down his side of the field. We unfortunately didn't get to see a lot of that. We did get a couple of chances right there, you know, in stoppage time. You know, Sean Wright Phillips throws that ball across. Whether it goes through the defender, whether Johnson gets a piece of it, whether Wakasa had a chance at it, we're not sure. Obviously, it gets kicked out for a corner. They get another corner. Can't get it into the box. It It just. Chances, chances, chances galore there at the end. Unfortunately, nothing would be able to come of it. Game ends 1-1. You take a point against the top team in the Western Conference. You stop the nine-game winning streak. Granted, the unbeaten streak is now at 10, which they're going to try to now push You know, for what San Antonio did earlier this year. 14 games, so we'll see how that goes. But all in all, against the top team in the West, a point is better than nothing.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's uh, you know you always want your team to, to win, obviously, but sometimes it's good just to take a point where you can. You don't know how valuable that'll be for us later down in the stretch. What do you think, Dominic? I uh,
0: I actually had an online poll the morning of the match. Uh, what would people think about getting a point from this result? Would they be okay with it, or do you say no? We got to win at all costs. And interestingly, I think most people wanted to win. Um, Personally, I was in the camp where, look, against this kind of quality opposition, a point is a point, and obviously we prefer three, but I'm okay with that. Uh, well, I think maybe the tone has changed a little bit now that we got the point and really were the better team for most of that match, I feel. Even though the, the Monarchs had more possession, we created stronger chances, especially in the last 30 minutes, uh, where Real Monarchs really looked like they were slow and worn out by that heat. Uh, and some of our players were really uh, struggling with that too but i think we had better legs as it came down we were just missing that one spark and this is where i want to get into something Uh, jeff in previous weeks you've talked about um patrice carter on substitutions and not having the most favorable opinion of his substitutions we only used two subs last night we bring on um, A.J. Gray in the 72nd minute, we bring on Johnson in the 83rd, we don't bring on Eder Ariola, who has been a great late-game spark for us. He scored against OKC, even though we fell just a little short, and he's come on in other games and given us something that we really could use, and that, that was a game where we just needed someone to come on with fresh legs, and granted, Johnson is a good guy to have, but Ariola's ability to get past defenders in a one-on-one situation—we really needed that yesterday, and maybe that's the thing that would have made the difference, given us a two-one, and really sent everyone
2: into ecstasy. Well, it's interesting you talk about that point because the funny thing was, Inter Ariola was at the table right as right as that corner kick was coming in the 90th minute. He was getting ready to come into the game. All of a sudden, they pulled him back, which is which is quite interesting. He was, he was all set to come in. As soon as Sean Wright Phillips goes over for that corner kick, Corey Robertson's running to the officials' table telling him, don't sub him in. So obviously, they wanted the size. Of, obviously, whoever Ariola was coming in for at that point in time, it must have meant that the size was the biggest factor at that point, what they needed in that corner kick. Well, why are you even
0: waiting that long? Is where I would counter there. I mean, Tim in the second half, he wasn't getting too involved in the attack. And he was playing hard, but I just, why do you even wait until added time when you can bring him on in the 70th minute, and then we have 20 to 25 minutes of his fresh legs? It just blows my mind.
1: Um, you know, like we said, it's it still is nice to walk away with the point, but, you know, a few su- another substitution could have been... a Different outcome, you know, we could have been talking about three points. So.
2: And I think maybe that's where we talk about Drogba was looking tired at that 70, 75th minute. That yeah. maybe John, okay, so maybe Johnson goes into the game at that point too to go in for Drogba. Then you come back maybe in the 80th and where you're substituting Johnson in, that's where an Ariola would have been a perfect sub to come in at that point. To come in for Watson. To come in, exactly, yeah. exactly, correct. But a point is a point. We'll take a point, we move forward. We start a two-game road trip. Obviously, we're going to Reno. This is—you is, got to think in these guys' mind this week as you're coming up. This is a big revenge game for these guys. You got blitzed four nothing at home a month ago to these guys. You're going up there to their place. They have really changed their mentality around quite a bit in the last month, month and a half. Obviously, they've got Dane Kelly. You know, you've got to be careful of. You gotta be careful Antoine Hoppanot. I mean, those two guys are, are obviously the key cogs to that to that team.
0: And and here's the thing, I mean, everyone talks about Kelly and even Hopanot. They won 2-0 yesterday against Timbers 2, and both goals came from different sources. Uh, one was scored by Seth Cafsey play, and I don't even know if he starts every week. Another one came on uh, was scored by Sub who came on the sixty first minute. So this is a really deep team. And another thing, uh, earlier in the week they lost against Real Monarchs, but they put up 13 shots, 6 on target, to Real's 5 and 3 on target. Then against Timbers yesterday, 23 shots, 9 on target, to 11 and 2. So this is maybe the most explosive attack in USL right now. Definitely the most explosive in the Western Conference, which is saying something because Monarchs has been very good lately. This team, you know what they're capable of because they came into our building and made us look like amateurs a few weeks back. 4-0 loss. Worst game of the season. Um, You have to imagine that the revenge factor will come into play, and we're going to do everything we can to avoid that kind of humiliation. But Reno coming back to their home crowd, it's going to be a Saturday night, they're going to be fired up, and that attack... I, I don't know how we're going to stop them. We're going to have to put up a couple goals, I think. Uh, I mean, this is another match. It's frustrating because you would like to get some wins going, but I was saying this is going to be a tough stretch. I think a draw is, is something I would be very okay with going the way to Reno right now.
1: Probably not likely that we'll get our first clean sheet of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, something I, I would like to personally see is I don't know what the uh, latest status is with Regi. But I'd sure would like to see him in the mix soon, and uh, you know he would add a lot of spark, uh, which we'll need against Reno. Uh, another thing I'd like to see is Johnson in the startup. I've just I've been really impressed with him. Like we said, he didn't get a whole lot of time to play last night, so I'd, I don't want to you know make any assessments off of that too much. Um, but previous matches he, he's been pretty good, so I'd like to see him.
0: One last funny thing about Reno too, before we move on, uh, I don't know if anyone saw highlights of their game against Monarchs on Monday. I was pretty keen on that result because those are our next two opponents. And that was one of the most entertaining games of the season. Reno loses 2-1, but their goalie, Andrew Tarbell actually had two great chances to score in stoppage time. So not only are they scoring, but even when they're not scoring, they're bringing some entertainment to the league. First he hits the post on a, actually like a really nice pass in the box, and he just banged it off the post. You know, a striker would have tapped it in. But then later on he actually scores the goal and they call him off sides. So monarchs just skates by to set that USL uh, wins record. So it just they're they're a fun team to watch, even when uh, Rising isn't
1: playing them. Try to catch a couple of their games. That sounds like uh, something I would do in a FIFA match or something like <laughs> right. I'm I'm trying to score two goals with my goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly throwing a controller at me, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: before we end this segment here. Uh, here are the comments last night from Patrice Carderon after the game. Okay. Got to be pleased about getting a point out of this one tonight.
3: Yeah, I um, have uh, the feeling that we, we really uh, wanted to, uh, to, to beat the leader, and uh, we were a little bit tense the 15th first minute, and uh, step by step after we, we had so many chances to, to score. They could also score in second half in a one or two counter-attacks, so... Definitely, I think it's a good point today because uh, we draw against a team that uh, just beat a record with nine game uh, won consecutively, so... I did appreciate the, the spirit, step by step, we are progressing. It's now the third game, we are undefeated. And um, really, definitely, I think we have potential to, to progress in the next week, so... It was a big challenge for us to compete against this... Uh, very nice team of uh, Salt Lake, of course, but um, I'm proud about what we did tonight. We did, uh, we, give, we gave our best and uh, proud that uh, depending on uh, the meteo, uh, 7,000 people came here once again. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, thank you. I really want to thank the fans. They did support us uh, during 93 minutes tonight and they were perfect. So thank you. Thank you. They, they, they deserve this point. Congratulations for the record. but. Uh, I'm happy that we stopped the recorder tonight also. The early goal that you gave up, did you feel that the, that your defense had given up a little bit too much space to them? Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitively. We play uh, tactically differently because we knew that uh, they have uh, Velasquez as number 10. And if we don't control this player, it's uh, really hard. Most of the team did suffer so much from because it's a fantastic player. So, your team was perfect tonight. It is a fantastic tactical job defensively to control him all the game. And uh, I, I think, as you say, we we give them these opportunities and they score. But I'm happy we came back in the game and we were that uh, so strong mentally to come back. Which we create some good chances. Uh, it would have been fantastic to score at the end, but uh, definitely definitively. I'm happy about uh, about the game and the points. Talk about the resilience of this team coming back after such a goal
2: like this. Obviously, a lot of times they would kind of fall down, you know, be down on themselves. But you've really
3: seen in recent weeks how they've been able to pick themselves back up and come right back into the game. That's true. Uh, you know, the, by the past, the team uh, every time uh, had one positive result, the week after, uh, negative result, positive result. So every time the team was, uh, need to be more, more performant every week. That's why um, at the moment, I'm happy that we are. We are undefeated for, for three games. We really need to keep on working like this. We have to game away. Important for us to, to be strong defensively and uh, this time to to score more goals also. How do you feel the Heat played an advantage or disadvantage in this game? I think it's an advantage for us because we are used to, you know, uh, our player. We are training at night uh, every day, so they are used to. But uh, we, have to, we, have, we have to get used to and uh, Of course, it was an advantage, but when you play such a good team at the moment, I think we can progress. So, definitely, once again, I do repeat, but I'm I'm happy about our performance tonight. Obviously, you head out on the road now for two. Um, What do you try to tell the guys? Keep them them positive as they head out? Exactly. Exactly. We need... uh, Our motivation is to qualify the team for the first time of the history for the the playoff. But we need to be performant. as As I said, we need to be performant every week. Here, of course, in front of our, uh, our fans, but also the way we need to be to be compact and to be strong also.
2: Thanks, well, There's the comments of Patrice Carler on after a tough 1-1 draw against Real Monarchs. So now we get into the portion of the show where we talk about uh, what happened this week in the United Soccer League. Uh, we already talked about the Monday early results with uh, Real Monarchs and the 2-1 win over Reno. Uh, Seattle was able to get back on the win column with a 3 2 win over Oklahoma City. Uh, Mathers with a pair of goals uh, and Olsen with a, a goal in the 90th minute to help them with the win. On Tuesday, Ottawa Ottawa beat Louisville 1 0, Bethlehem Steel beat Harrisburg 1 0. On Wednesday, uh, Swill Park Rangers get a 2 1 win over Colorado Springs. Uh, Doyle and Duke, the goal scorers for Swope Park Rangers in the win. Uh, how about this result, guys? Sacramento six, Rio Grande Valley two. That was a huge win for for Sacramento.
0: Yeah, they're they're finally coming to life offensively. I think that's back to back wins now. Uh, plus, they had that win in the Open Cup pretty recently. So things are looking up for them, and uh, not so much for RGB for the last few weeks.
2: Tevin Caesar with a with a hat trick probably will be your lead candidate this week for USL Player of the Week. Uh, Obviously, also nice to see uh, Tyler Blackwood get a goal for Sacramento in the victory. Uh, Thursday, Pittsburgh beat Tampa Bay 2-0. You saw an interesting highlight, Dominic, there that you want to talk about real quick.
0: Just right at the end of the game, uh, actually in stoppage time, Tampa was trying to come back in this game, at least make it a little bit more respectable. Uh, And the Pittsburgh keeper, I'm trying to get the name right now, He was having absolutely nothing to do with that. Uh, It was an amazing triple save. Uh, Check that out if you get a chance. Uh, The name of the keeper, by the way, Kiesel Broom. So if you want to look that name up, too, I'm sure it'll be everywhere because I saw it on uh, Bleacher Report.
2: Friday, uh, Orlando beat uh, Rochester 1-0 on Saturday. Ottawa and New York tied 2-2. Vancouver and Oklahoma City tied 2-2. Uh, Zader with a red card for Vancouver. Uh, that'll be interesting as they go forward. Uh, Guzman and Craven with goals for Oklahoma City in the draw. Uh, Harrisburg with a 1-0 win over Louisville. Charleston, 6-1 over Toronto. Wow, that was they a wake They might
0: be starting to challenge Monarchs and San Antonio for that best team in USL title.
2: That They might. Uh, FC Cincinnati with a 2-0 win over... St. Louis, Charlotte with a 2-0 win over Richmond. How about this one, guys? Orange County gets a 4-3 win against Seattle.
0: I think great game for them. They scored three in the first half, and then Seattle almost comes all the way back. They've been scoring a lot lately. Uh, amazingly, this is only Orange County's ninth game of the season. They're the only team that we've played um, more games than. And, you know, they have 13 points from nine matches. Uh, that snapped a three-loss slide for them. But they're still in decent place, uh, and they have a lot more matches to come, including one against us in a couple of weeks. That is
2: correct. Uh, another interesting result this week: Colorado Springs a one nothing victory over your boys San Antonio. Uh, McFarland goal at the end of the first half in stoppage time. Uh, Diego Restrepo picks up a red card in the seventy fifth. That was a kind of an ugly challenge there, but you know efforts to try to tie the game by San Antonio. We're all for not, and obviously their first loss of the season.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a goal of the week candidate from this game. The goal that was scored here, beautiful ball in from Masta catcher, and then McFarlane just heads it home. Um, he made it happen, though. That was really the ball that set that goal up. And then, yes, Antonio hits the post, but uh, once again, they fail to score. So uh, we will see what happens with their offense in the weeks to
2: come. And we talked about the Reno 2-0 win over Timbers 2. And still to play on Sunday as we tape, uh, LA Galaxy 2 face uh, Sacramento to end week number 15. So we get into the Western Conference standings at the moment. RSL at the top. That's 12-1-1 for 37 points. San Antonio in second. 10-1-4 for 34 points. Then you have an 11-point drop to third place, Colorado Springs, 6-5-5 and for 23 points. And yes, folks, that is 16 games played, most in the Western Conference right now. Reno is in fourth, 6-4-3 at 21 points with a plus 10 goal differential. Sacramento, 6-6-3, 21 points and a plus 3 goal differential. Swope Park is in 6th place, 6-4-2 with 20 points and a, and a plus-5 goal differential. Seattle in 7th, 6-7-2 and two for 20 points and a minus-7 goal differential. And in the 8th spot currently, Oklahoma City, 5-6-3, 18 points with 14 games played, which means two games in hand for Phoenix Rising. So we get to ninth, Rio Grande Valley is at 5-6-2 and two for 17 points with a 0 goal differential. Phoenix in 10th, 5-5-2, five, five 17 points with that minus, full, minus 4 goal differential and only 12 games played. Tulsa is in 11th, 5-7-0 and zero with 15 points. Vancouver in 12th, 4-7-3, 15 points. Orange County, 13th. Uh, once again, remember, 4-4-1, four, four and one, only 9 games played, 13 points. They could be looking to move up the table shortly with some games in hand for them. LA Galaxy is in 14th at 3-8-2 for 11 points and rounding out the Western Conference standings. Portland Timbers 2-1-13-1, 4 points on 15 games played.
0: It seems like they're the only team we haven't got to beat up on, that hasn't got to beat up on them yet. Seems like everyone else in the conference gets those free points. When do we get them?
2: (laughs) We get those those free points in October when we make the Cascadia trip. I, it, we talk about this up in the press box a lot, and I don't think anybody realizes mm-hmm. that most of the teams that are sitting at the top part of the table have made the Cascadia run. There's only one or two teams in that listing that really haven't made that run yet. Reno has played Portland, but they haven't played they haven't so played like Seattle. They haven't played Vancouver. San Antonio made the run early. Real Monarchs has made the run. I, don't believe Oklahoma City, I believe Oklahoma City is one of the only other teams in the top part of the table that hasn't made that run up in the Cascadia yet. We'll make that run at the end of the season where we play at Seattle, at Portland, at Vancouver, and at Sacramento. That is going to be the most crucial four-game road trip of the year, and it happens right at the end of the season. So that's a look at the USL for this week. To talk MLS expansion this week a little bit some gold cup and we'll get into some final thoughts. So First of all, let's talk about MLS expansion. I uh, want to talk about real quick an interesting article that came from uh, Brian Kellogg from Indomitable City Soccer. Uh, I would suggest going to see this this article if you have the opportunity. Interesting talking about how, granted, Sacramento is leading the race for expansion in MLS. But the other interesting is, is he kind of starts to rank the 12 teams in order how he feels, where they're at. Uh, he has Phoenix listed as one of the favorites, albeit with some issues. I'm not quite sure what he feels the issues are, other than the fact that it's unclear, as he states in the article, he says it's unclear how much financial muscle is behind the club. But that he does mention that the club had engaged Goldman Sachs and that they added experienced consultants, you know on the stadium side to you know to the efforts of the club. So I guess another promising article looking at Phoenix being one of the top teams in this round of expansion. So
1: you know, my personal opinion is I don't think the financing is an issue for Phoenix at all. I mean, otherwise uh, made announcements about that secure funding and made the partnerships uh, with Goldman Sachs and attorneys and all that. So yeah, I don't don't under, quite understand uh, the concerns there. Um, also the phrase, Sacramento
0: is the only place with a shovel-ready stadium in place. <clears throat> Perhaps that's true today, but I think by the time that the MLS is ready to make their decision later this year, I think Cincinnati would be able to have a plan ready to go in Northern Kentucky uh, because they would be more willing to use public funding. And I think Phoenix, I mean, we have the land already, so it's not like there's any opposition there. I don't. I mean, we're actually on good terms with the uh, tribe that we bought the land from. So I don't see why that wouldn't be a shovel-ready thing as well. Especially since we have an ownership group with the financing in place, and since we partnered with Goldman Sachs, and we also have attorneys that have worked uh, with other MLS teams to get new stadiums going. I don't see why we wouldn't be one of those teams that. be ready
1: one other interesting comment i mean granted the current stadium is a pop-up stadium but the fact that they put that up all together within what was it 50 days 52 days that should also be taken into consideration that that level of execution will also be carried over you know if we do get the mls expansion bid you can almost guarantee that it'll be a fast execution on uh, the ownership's part to get a stadium built They'll be shovel-ready probably as soon as they get all the approvals. They're not going to waste any time.
2: Yeah, and obviously the other thing, too, being that they actually have a stadium in place in Sun Devil Stadium, be it by the time that that this team is ready to go, that they've got a place to play even if the stadium isn't quite ready at the time that they want it to. I think that's that's a big plus on our behalf. And, you know, kudos to Arizona State University for working things out with that and, and, you know, move, let's move forward and let's let's see where the chips may fall. Yeah, and so.
1: there's some uh, recent renovations at the Sunday Will Stadium as well, too. Um, I heard they reduced some seating, you know, some renovations that could also help make a pretty good atmosphere for, a, you know, a temporary stadium for Phoenix Rising.
2: Yeah, I agree there. The topic we'll talk about here real quick is uh, obviously today the uh, Gold Cup Cup uh, roster was announced for the United States. Some interesting names on the list, some interesting omissions on the list as well. Uh, nice to see Dom Dwyer get an opportunity to to make his uh, international debut for the United States. Uh, obviously, you can get to see uh, Brad Guzan uh, in net. Um, you know, giving Tim Howard a little bit of a break. You know, you'll see some of the the regulars that are on the the U.S. Uh, World Cup qualifying roster that that are not there right now, which is okay. I'm okay with that. We need to see what the next level of, of soccer is going to bring to the American side and. You know, let's give Clint Dempsey and let's give Josie Altidore and let's let's give Christian Pulisic a chance to relax for a little bit, get their legs about them. Obviously, you know Pulisic is coming off of a, a great season at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to be getting ready for preseason there, and and so you know I'm I'm okay with seeing
1: this goal. Come. I think it's uh, good to get some uh, exposure time for some of these other players. You know, I already bought my tickets for the uh, quarterfinals out here in Phoenix, so. My selfish side is a little, you know, disappointed that I don't see Pulisic in the lineup or uh, Tim Howard. But, you know, it'll still, if they do even play here, that's, you know, it's a, we don't know. But uh, it, it's a good a good chance. I think it's a good time to get some different players out there, get some exposure before uh, we continue the uh, World Cup qualifying matches.
0: And especially this will be a great opportunity for some people that haven't got caps before, or maybe they've only got one cap, names that come to mind. Bill Hamid, he's only had two caps so far. Uh, Kenny Seif plays in Belgium. This is his first uh, time being selected to roster. Christian Roldan with the Sounders. And Kel, Kellen Rowe with the Revolution. They haven't seen any playing time for the national team. Could be nice to get them out there. And then, of course, Tom Dwyer.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. So we'll get into our final points for this week. Um I just want to look back this week and and again talk about the resilience of this club that we've seen over the past few weeks. Early in the season, you look at guys and you look at how they struggled at times, you know, dealing with, you know, getting down early and not being able to pick themselves up and get back into a game. What we've seen over the last four or five weeks from this club, not only with what Rick Schantz was doing, turn it over as well to Patrice Carderone. And these guys aren't quitting, and that's a great thing to see from this club as we move forward. As we move forward into these dog days of summer, to see a roster that's committed, to see a roster that that wants to work, to see a roster that okay, if we get down early, we're not down on ourselves. We know we can pick ourselves up from the bootstraps, and we know we can get forward and make that you know make that push to to either tie the game, put us ahead, whatever the case may be.
1: Final thoughts. Uh... Uh, you know, they, we've had a pretty good couple weeks, um, you know, as far as we're, we're not losing, we you know, a win and two draws. Uh, that's a start in the right direction, especially heading into this uh, this upcoming stretch that Dominic's going to talk about. Um, a few things I wanted to kind of speak about were um, the energy that we've seen in the past few weeks. It just seems like they've started to create opportunities. Drogba being in there have an effect on that, whether he's setting these, these opportunities up or if the defenders are trying to focus on Drogba and kind of leave Bravo open to, to get after a ball. Uh, but overall, I like what I'm seeing, and I hope they can continue to build on that coming into this next stretch. And as far as the match last night, um, it was, it was, I thought it was awesome to see, was there, 6,300, 6,200 uh, fans there? At, uh, Over 6,300. 6,300. 105 100. degrees. 105. And... It started off with a little bit of a breeze, which kind of helps out. But about halftime, there there was nothing, and it it started to feel like a sauna, just sitting there in the sports section. Uh, but I thought that was awesome. I was expecting a little bit of a drop off in attendance, uh, you know, because of the weather and some other events going on in Phoenix. So that was a pretty positive thing I thought. And. Uh, the ownership group did a good job of, I think, moving the game back a half an hour. That makes a lot of difference. Um, uh, provided some water and some cooling stations, so, um, so I thought that was pretty good. And I will
2: say, I agree on your point on the sauna. Yeah, it
1: was a sauna. <laughs> it, it,
2: it was a sauna. Yeah. It was a sauna in the post-game press conference area. No doubt whatsoever. Oh, <laughs>
0: man. You guys are right. Uh, as far as my final point. Um, You know, it was really great to see that energy. But, you know, if you're complaining about it being too hot, good news. We don't have many home games the next two months. We only have two until August 26th. Um, And this gets into my point of the next two months being very important. In our next eight matches, we only have two home matches. We play away to Reno this upcoming week at Orange County versus Colorado Springs at Tulsa versus San Antonio, which is a very tough home match. And then in August, we start out at Los Dos, at RGV, at Orange County. So it's a really brutal stretch up until August 26th. I think if we had some of the moving parts we had early in the season, we would be, this would be a disastrous stretch for us. Good news is we have our coach in place, we have a we have our full strength lineup other than Rooney. Um, ready to go for this very key stretch of games, uh, as Rigi is going to come back very soon. Um, But, you know, this is going to be a character-building opportunity for this team. Um, Go to those two home matches against the switchbacks on the 15th of July and San Antonio on the 29th. You're going to have to make up for weeks of pent-up emotion with those ones. And then uh, it can be very difficult just having that Helpless feeling that you're just watching them on TV, having to deal with a lot of biased USL commentators, but uh, you know, it is what it is, and thankfully we do have a team that's getting close to full strength, and hopefully we can just keep ourselves in the running for that more favorable September and October, and so help me if that stupid loss to Toronto week one costs us the playoffs, Uh, but you know what, it's okay. Um, last thing, just really enjoy this match against Reno because they are where we were a few years ago, playing in a baseball stadium expansion franchise, and you know it looks like things are really clicking for them, so that's great to see. They're a fun team to watch even when we aren't playing them, and uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that. It's actually going to be Friday night at 7:45, so keep that in mind too.
1: Appreciate you guys listening, and then as always, if you have any questions, comments, um, you can reach out to us on Twitter uh, at Rising Pod or on Facebook Rising Podcast. Uh, and that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's go, Phoenix Rising.